September 13th, 2012. Tribute to Skip the Bobcat. On September 13th, 2012, Skip the Bobcat was discovered having a violent and prolonged seizure and foaming at the mouth. Dr. Wynn was contacted and the staff were instructed to give him medication that would hopefully ease the seizure. Unfortunately, his seizure was too severe and he died shortly after. Gail gave him chest compressions and Jamie gave him mouth-to-mouth resuscitation to try and revive him to no avail. We searched his enclosure for snakes, poisonous frogs, and any other clues that may have caused this reaction. We found one dead toad with a hole in his abdomen and are working to identify it. We will be performing a necropsy to see if we can discover the cause of his death. Blood samples have been taken to Dr. Wynn. Jamie is driving him to the University of Florida for a necropsy because of the concern for rabies, since he was foaming at the mouth and she was giving him CPR. He's been vaccinated, but we have to take every precaution. Skip was much loved by a huge community, including our volunteers. I am trying to contact each of the Skipaholics by private message and ask that they do not post to Facebook or social sites, including the Skipaholics group, for at least two days to give our volunteers time to find out from checking their big cat email. Since we usually ask that our people wait a week before broadcasting such news, in order that their fellow volunteers do not find out in ways that diminish their importance as on-site caregivers, Jamie emailed everyone at bigcatrescue.org with this notification in the hopes that they check their big cat email daily, which they don't. And that's why I'm thrilled that we are now on Workplace instead. Please do not post anything about Skip or even hint of his passing until 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Sunday, September 16th, 2012, so that our volunteers do not find out the hard way by checking into Facebook. And this was a big issue for us back back then in 2012, because as soon as somebody found out, they'd post on social sites, and then our people would be on social sites and not know yet. And they felt like every time they went onto their social sites, there was a risk of them being, you know, um, taken off guard by these posts, so that's why we were trying to give them a little bit of time to find out through our channels before they found out in the places where they said they went to have fun and didn't want to find out about these things. Thank you for caring so much about Skip and all of our animals. I must say that Skip looked the picture of health today, and that was largely due to your loving thoughts and care. If it turns out he died hunting toads, at least we know at least we know who he was designed to be, a magnificent predator. To see this videos of Skip, go to, and then I give a link, not sure if it exists anymore, Skip's Rescue. I was right in the middle of sending an email to Luana about some promotions she was dreaming up for the chat big cat site when Honey Waiton, our gift shop manager, called and relayed an urgent message. A woman had called to say that they had found a bobcat alongside the highway and had it loose in their SUV and wanted to know what to do next because it was getting pretty mad. Obviously, this was their first bobcat rescue because no one makes that mistake twice. I called the woman who said her name was Nikki and that, and she said that the bobcat laying alongside the road had caught her eye. Her husband, Skip, had chased him down with a blanket, scooped him up, and put him in the back of the car. 
He was dragging his back end, so the chase wasn't much of a challenge, but picking up a very mad bobcat made him a fury of claws and teeth. Nikki said that they were two blocks from their home and that they could just leave him in the car for us to deal with if we wanted. As I frantically brought up a map to see that she was two and a half hours away, I didn't think that was a great idea. I asked if she had a pet carrier that they could just plop the blanketed cat into before he fully regained his senses. She didn't, but her friend Lori did. Turns out that all three of them had visited Big Cat Rescue in the past and were eager to do anything they could to help save this skinny, crushed little bobcat. My instructions had been to completely envelope the cat in thick blanketing and take the top off the carrier if necessary to accommodate the entire bundle and then bolt the top back on. I don't know why that didn't work for them, but I called Nikki back a few minutes later after starting Jamie on her way to Mount Plymouth and Nikki said, I hope you guys will name this bobcat Skip after my husband because he's so brave. Slashing teeth and claws be danged. Skip had managed to get a grip on the grip slashing. This is confusing because her husband's name is Skip. Slashing teeth and claws be danged. Skip had managed to get a grip on the bobcat's scruff and lifted him into the carrier. Even though Lori had brought over a German Shepherd-sized crate, the bobcat managed to go spread eagle over the entire door, making it a real effort to push him into the pile of blankets in the carrier. Kind of like baptizing a cat in a cereal bowl. They covered him up and waited with him while I called every vet I could find between there and Tampa. My concern was that the cat would go into shock before we could get him to a vet here, so I just needed somebody to do a preliminary check and stabilize him. By the time I had called a dozen vets and a couple of rehabbers, two hours had passed and Jamie was nearly there. Our old fan is a 1998 and has seen better days. It was shuddering so badly that Jamie Veronica had taken it, in, had taken it into a station to check the tires, but they were okay and the shutter happened even when it was sitting still. I'm no mechanic, but sounded like a rod knocking to me, and I was sweating whether or not the van would even make it to the Mount Dora area, northwest of Orlando. Once I gave up on finding a vet near the Bobcat, or even on the way home, who would give him the courtesy of even the most basic care, which I assured them I would pay in advance if necessary, I began to try and sort out what to do when he arrived in Tampa. If Jamie didn't break down, she and the bobcat should be back in town around 6 p.m. Our primary vet, Dr. Wynn, had a previous engagement hosting a dozen people at 6 p.m. I asked if I should contact Florida Veterinary Specialist or our secondary vet, Dr. Dave Murphy. Dr. Wynn said she would call her clinic and see if Dr. Dave Danielson might be willing to look at the bobcat. He had worked with native bobcats before that we brought in and was willing to help. Another frantic call from Honey and Howard and I. Another frantic call from Honey and Howard and I were on our way to the sanctuary to give tours. We have a free teachers promotion going on, and instead of having two or three groups of twenty showing up at three p.m., we had nine such tour groups yesterday, and it turns out twelve groups today, including a wedding. It was the biggest single day the sanctuary has ever had. It was probably good timing because otherwise I might have made Jamie crazy by calling every five minutes and asking, where are you now? 
During one such call, Jamie said she would need me to bring the squeeze cage to the vet's office. How were we going to get the bobcat out of the carrier and into the squeeze cage was yet to be determined, but getting it there was the first step. As soon as my tour ended, I trotted across the parking lot on the as soon as my tour ended, I trotted across the parking lot to the on-site West Bench Cat Hospital. I chatted with Jack, who was recovering in the hospital from a nasty accident he had with the front gate, while I loaded the squeeze cage into my truck. Jack is doing fine, and is living proof that cats do have nine lives. I ordered pizza for pickup because I knew Jamie hadn't eaten since this morning and didn't know if the vet and his staff would be skipping dinner to feed fit this bobcat, now named Skip, into their already hectic evening schedule. Jamie already had Skip inside and he was well on his way to a long, deep sleep by the time I arrived. She said that they had tipped the crate up on end and hand-injected him through the crate door. Within only a couple of minutes, he was sleeping, or so we thought. On the x-ray table, he began blinking and trying to sit up, so he got a little more ketamine and went back to sleep. The first x-ray showed the crushed pelvis, and Dr. Danielson asked if we wanted to go any further, as this was going to be a lot of major surgery with limited hope of recovery. I told him we had spent more than $7,500 on the last bobcat who needed plates, so we were willing to spend the money as long as the cat didn't have any cat killer diseases that would make him unfit for release. The blood tests were done and he had a clean bill of health, so the only other obstacle, which was determined later during a sonogram, was that he had internal bleeding and his spleen may be beyond recovery. Only a couple of days of quiet rest and careful observation will let us know if he's going to live long enough to have the work done. The vet tech, Heather, pulled ticks off Skip while Jamie checked his ears for mites, his fur for fleas and Dr. Danielson powdered his raw purple rump bruised badly from the impact. Judging by his pearly white fangs, we guessed his age to be around two years old, and while finely muscled, he only weighed a mere 17 pounds. After consulting with Dr. Wynn by phone, Dr. Danielson decided to take a lot more x-rays and did all of the other work, such as flea treatment and tests, so that in a couple of days, if the spleen is still operational, Skip could go to Florida Veterinary Services for the precision plating and pinning necessary to give him full mobility. We waited to make sure he would wake up okay from the anesthesia, which he did rather quickly, and then covered him up to rest quietly in the dark overnight. Being a wild cat, close proximity to humans is very agitating. His whole life has been based upon the knowledge that man is to be avoided at all costs. If Skip makes it through the night, we may set up cameras to monitor him tomorrow so that he isn't being exposed to constant stress. I am very thankful for all of the love that has been focused his way, and if love can mend a broken bobcat, then Skip will surely be ready to run free again soon. Skip's Facebook Fans Skip the Bobcat became a Facebook phenomenon over the New Year's week of 2010 to 2011. You can join the conversation at facebook.com slash bigcatrescue. Big Cat Rescue's posts are in bold, followed by Skip's 193 pages of well wishes from his Facebook fans. His chat window on Ustream, do you remember Ustream? Yeah, that's where we used to have to go to stream anything live. And we used the little Logitech C190 cameras like we would use for webcasting from our computers 
had to be hooked to a computer and then pointed at Skip in the cat hospital for people to be able to see him. Uh, let's see, his chat window on Ustream was even more voluminous and but is deleted each time the system resets, so we were unable to capture it, but it was very much like the following. And then apparently I wrote some of those somewhere, but I didn't include them here, so it would have been a bunch of people wishing Skip well. And then I just signed it off, Big Cat Rescue, Tampa, Florida. So Skip was, I, I don't think I said it here, but Skip was the first Bobcat who we put a live webcam on in our hospital because we needed to be able to see how he was doing and we didn't want to freak him out because he was a wild Bobcat and didn't want people coming in there and looking under the blanket every five minutes. So we figured, well, as long as we got this live webcam on him, why don't we let other people watch as well so that through the night when we're sleeping, if anything happens, they can let us know. And that was the launch of all of the live webcams that you now see at Big Cat Rescue and the, the genesis of what I think will be the ultimate way that zoos will reinvent themselves to create situations where it's immersive and you're seeing these cats in virtual reality or through headsets that are streaming live webcams from the wild where these cats are actually living free instead of being kept in cages. All of that thanks to you, Skip and Nikki, and the bobcat named Skip. Sadly, and I don't know if I talk about it later, but at this point, I think Jamie's um, rabies vaccine either was non-existent or was overdue. And even though Skip had had the rabies vaccine, there was no rabies vaccine, and still to this day is no rabies vaccine that is uh, has been studied or approved for use in exotic cats. So we're only guessing whether or not it actually is protecting the animals and the people who work with them. And so I think there's a nine or 10 day window that you have to go through to find out whether or not the animal has rabies before the person could contract it and die from it without getting the, what do they call it? It's not prophylactic, but the uh, vaccines. There's, there's vaccines you take for rabies that are prophylactic, so it's before you contract rabies. And then after you get bitten by somebody that has rabies, there's like a whole series of shots you have to take. So that's why we are opposed to people touching these cats, because if you get bitten by a cat, the only way to test them for rabies is to cut their head off and test the brain. And so in this case, Skip had died from that seizure, and we sent him in to be tested for rabies, and they lost the body. They lost the freaking body in the mail. And... I just, I can't even tell you how much trouble we have had with shipping packages of things from the gift shop. And here with everything that we went through to make sure that this cat was going to be treated appropriately and sent to the laboratory and they lost the body. So Jamie's sweating it for days while we're trying to figure out where is this cat in transit and to get him tested. And then I think what ultimately happened, if I'm remembering right, was that she ended up having to take the vaccines as if he had rabies because she could, you know, he was foaming at the mouth when he died. And so she would have been um, definitely 
definitely by putting her mouth over his mouth to give him mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation, she would have definitely been infected. But as a result, we never knew what caused the seizure or whether or not he had rabies because of the fact that the body was lost.